Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me for the first time, the second time, the third time. First time. The first, first time, time on, on this, this show. Oh, it's so confusing. <laughs> um, for the first time. On Beer with Geeks, uh, but a constant um, guest star on Academy Rewind is Lisa from I Love That Movie Podcast. How are you, Lisa? Hey, Tim. Doing well. I'm excited. This is a topic. Two things that are up my alley. What we're talking about, because I don't want to spoil it if you're if you're going to introduce it. I will introduce it after we and talk beer. about what we're drinking. Yeah. So let's start. <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. So let's. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with the beer. Um, what are you drinking today? So I'm drinking the Backyard Rodeo Pilsner, and this is a beer from a local brewery that we is close to our heart. It opened during the pandemic, and Nick even created, my husband, sorry, mm-hmm. created some of the bar taps that they use at festivals. Like, he crafted out of wood. and then That's so cool. And, That's awesome. Yeah. And so, like, we just, I mean, they've just always been so good to us, and they have such great drinks. I don't think you could get it all over the States yet, but... Anyway, they have a really good Pilsner, and it's called Backyard Rodeo. And I figured, you know, I'm from Texas. I should bring that Texas You should bring that Texas flair. Yeah, I agree. I love a good Pilsner, too. It's one of my favorites. Like, yeah. You know America's obsession with the IPA. Like, everyone loves an IPA. And my husband's obsession as well. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah. And so, but (laughs) I, so I don't know if it's like part of me were like i gotta be a little different but i'm like what about the pilsners and the lagers and the stouts like they they need love too yeah. don't they yeah the sours so, the saisons yeah. i love sours saisons i can't always do um because cor um coriander tastes like soap to me i'm one of those people um <laughs> so uh so saisons usually have it so i i get a little oh. i get nervous around saison well, I didn't yeah. even know that. I learned something new, and I've been on a bunch of brewery tours, and yet I didn't know that. So. See, and I only know that because I know that after years of trying them, I go every time it's just You're like, dishwasher. what don't I like? Yeah, but <laughs> it's that sudsy quality. Um, so I do not like that. Uh, mine does not have any coriander in it. I have drunk this on the show before, but I am drinking a uh, Sam Adams, which is truly nothing special um, in terms of the show because we drink it all the time. But I am drinking a Golden Goat. Because we are talking about mm. the goat um, as the sec- as the topic for this week's episode. So, Golden Goat, crisp and easy. Um, it's it's good. It's a uh, it's, it's it, the regular Sam Adams Lager can be a little heavy, and Goat tends to, is a kind of a light, crispy um, veering on Pilsner. Um, I would say so. I like it a lot. It's very good. I've um, been to can... the Sam Adams Brewery. Have you really? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Oh, I've been to Boston several times, and I didn't know that. I took Tell- yes, Boston's one of my favorite cities, actually. Tell me more I about love your love there. of my favorite city. So, um, you know, I went there for work a lot and I didn't know what to expect when I first got there, but I love how walkable the city is. Totally. Um, Mm -hmm. The public transportation is awesome, but you could literally walk almost anywhere. And so I took, I took uh, advantage of a work trip one time and I flew my husband out using some points for his birthday. And one of the best parts of that trip was we went to the Sam Adams Brewery. Nice. And um, we had a great time. It was, I think, shortly after the Boston bombing, actually. Okay. Um, and I remember yep. that because um, they still had on tap every year. They make a, a beer for the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. And they still had the beer on tap. And we tried it um, right after it, around oh, okay. that time when that had happened. Like, I literally flew out, like, the week after that happened. And I was even staying in, like, Copley Plaza, like, where... It yes. happened, and yes, so you... I had to, like, move hotels because um, the hotel that I was going to stay at was, like, under construction or being used by news people or some Not under construction. Oh, wow. Being used by, like, news people had moved in, and they kicked me out. And so I moved to another hotel. Wow. And it was closed, and then they opened, like, right when I flew in. It was pretty weird. That is pretty so weird. So I had been, been there, there the before that, week. but... Yeah. You would have been there the last week in April of... What was that, twenty? 20... 2012, It was a while ago. And I know my husband's birthday is in May. So that makes sense that the timing of it was kind of like right around there. But the the um, only reason that I wrote, well, I mean, it's always, it's always that the, the marathon Monday is, um, uh, Patriots day. Um, you know, um, around here, but I was, um, I was on April vacation during, and I was in Greece, um, on a ferry oh, wow. on the on the way to Italy with a bunch of kids um, from the school we were on a school trip when we found out about the the bombing. Oh so, my like, gosh! Yeah, so April vacation is like that event is like seared That's how into you... my memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly it... associate that. But I went there several times, and I've been to several breweries actually in Boston. Been to Harpoon. Harpoon and is a great brewery. Other... I've done Harpoon. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're good so good one. to you there. They just put you in a room and they go, just go ham for like an hour. And you just kind of, they give you like little cups. You drink whatever you want. That was fun. Yeah. But yeah, Sam Adams, that was a fun thing. And uh, I, I like Sam Adams beer. Uh, I do too. They have a good Oktoberfest too. They do have a good Oktoberfest. Too, uh, they have a good Oktoberfest. Yeah. They're, they're, um, there's at least one every season that you can pan and go, that's a good one. That's a good, like you, you can't yeah. go wrong. Yeah. I think, oh, truly, I think they're, like, just general Sam Adams is one of their, like, wor- not worse because it makes it sound bad, but, like, I, I <laughs> prefer some basic, of... They're basic, maybe. They're basic, yeah. Their seasonals, yeah. Like, some of their seasonals are great. There's one, uh, a red beer, I think it's called Red Brick, if I can't remember, but you can only get it on reds. tap in Boston. Um, you can't oh. get it in a store. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. It's so good. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, um, I, I love yeah. Sam Adams. I'm glad that you love Santa Adams, and I'm glad that you love Boston. Like it is such a walkable. <laughs> it city. truly is. Boston and Chicago; those are my two favorites. I can't go back there enough. That's uh, I've never been. To, well, I've been to the airport in Chicago, but um, but, oh, like, that's so a you, nightmare. It was <laughs> inter- it was interesting. I was on my way to South Bend to go to Notre Dame, um, so it was this like just like I'm just gonna chill in this airport. But I had so much time that it wasn't terrible getting through it. But like. Airports are big, and I love airports so very much. I love just hanging out in airports. But I, uh, 
the ceilings in that place. Like they just go on forever. Like it's it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, we are not here to talk about Boston or airports. We are here to talk about what I consider <laughs> to be one of the goats of television right now, and that is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Paramount Plus's latest Star Trek show. Um, and uh, so I asked Lisa to come on because Lisa loves Star Trek. Uh, I do. Yeah. So can you talk about Star Trek, like your relation to Star Trek uh, before we talk about the show? Sure. Um, so... Part of the reason why I like Star Trek so much is one of my closest friends, my best friend growing up, Kara, was a huge Trekkie. And it actually took me a while to get into it as much as she did. I would say I was probably a teenager when I found the perfect Trek show for me. I'd seen TNG, everybody. Mm-hmm. TNG was so big. I mean, it was like Game of Thrones or something. It was, so yeah, and that's such a that. great, that's such a great way to talk. <laughs> of, yeah, that's. It yeah. was weird. Like everyone was into Star Trek at that time. But then. What the one that I really connected with was Deep Space Nine, I think, because it was more political, mm-hmm. uh, more um, kind of on the cusp of sociological problems and progress, and I just liked that. It, at the time, everyone hated it, but I liked it, so I became more more of a Trekkie, mm-hmm. and and that turned me on to the rest of Star Trek, and I got more and more into it. So she was the big actually. Uh, the original series fan. The first time we went to a convention was to see William Shatner when we were cool. like 12 or 13. Um, but yeah, you know, my love for it grew. I, I ended up like going to the, they called it the Grand Slam. Back in the day, the biggest Star Trek convention was in Pasadena and mm. had like everybody and like I got tons of signatures and I was maybe 16 at that time when I went to that. Um but yeah, Star Trek was probably the first big fandom I had. I mean, that was what got me going to conventions. I went to conventions like that before comic or other kinds. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just never gone away. And I, you know, um, I don't want to get too personal into this, but I had kind of a rough couple of years in the past couple of years. And I find whenever I'm down or upset, I, I kind of end up going back to Star Trek because Star Trek has just sort of always been there for me. That's I love that. It's beautiful. And it, it Star Trek is so optimistic at its heart, right? Like yes. good Star Trek is, is at the end you should feel like you've been wrapped in a nice warm blanket, you know, and like in some ways, you know, obviously bad bad things happen and people can get hurt and whatever else, but the outlook that the future has is just like it just makes you feel better even when like there's war or whatever. Like just the endless possibilities of the future is just a awesome which is an awesome thing to sink your teeth into. For sure. I think that Star Trek is unique in that way. When you look at a lot of other sci-fi, it tends to focus on sort of a, you know, post-apocalyptic or dystopian future. That's really mm-hmm. common uh, for us to sort of examine the problems of today by looking at, like, what could happen. Um, but I think Star Trek is so different because it is optimistic. It's this idealized future. In fact, a lot of people would criticize and say it's a little too idealized but i think that's why it's attracted so many people into different fields of like work even you know you Mm -hmm. hear all the time about people that become pilots or become doctors Mm -hmm. or engineers because they watch star trek because it did have such a positive influence on them um you know look at this future where we're working together it's like that's i think such a 
such a positive thing. So it is. I mean, even the cell phone is, exists because of Star Trek, right? You know, the guys, the Nokia yeah, it guys, looks like a tricorder or something. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the yeah the Nokia guys <laughs> are like, we watched Star Trek growing up, and we thought like, what if we could do that in real life? And and the cell phone was born. Like, oh yeah, I guess I guess more the communicator. The communicator, yeah, the tricorder, yeah. yeah. yeah I wish tricorder it was real. That is would be like our super... iPad, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If a good di- like if it could di- diagnose, help. like you know, like. Why my like why my joint hurts uh, like for no I, reason? I, we too. do need that. Yeah, yeah. That's, we, we're that's not there really yet, but we should missing. be. Yeah, we're getting there. We're so close. We're so close. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've spoken about Star Trek on the show before, but for you, uh, but just for you, my um, like I had seen TNG. I used to go to my friend's house and it was like always on, like because the people in the house watched it, and so like I watched a bunch of that. Um, I saw the like those movies my parents got for me. But the first Star Trek I think I ever watched was Star Trek: The Motion Picture, which turned me off from Star Trek for quite oh, some time. Yeah, that's yeah, right. not the you best know, like, example. <laughs> no, it is truly not. Um, but you know, I was, and I'd seen the show like off and on, and like oh, whatever else. And so I was like aware, and I liked it enough, but not as like a fandom. Just like it was that it was, it just existed. And then J.J. Abrams' 2009 movie came out. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and that like really sold me on Star Trek, and I was like. Oh boy, good. this is this is the good stuff. Um, and then it's been a kind of a slow um, build from there. My father-in-law is the biggest Trekkie I know. He loves Star Trek, watches it, all, especially original series, watches it all the time. He's got ships and posters and signatures and like all that stuff. And so we talk Star Trek a lot, and that's helped um, build it up. But truthfully, it's been these Paramount Plus shows over even just these past couple of months that have like really helped. I had COVID in April. And so I watched discovery. If I like, I like, cause I watched the first season or half of it and I was like, no, not did it. Can't did. And so I ended up going back and watching the rest and I really liked it. And then I did the same thing to Picard. I got halfway through the first season. I was like, nah, I'm not feeling it. And then I did it again and I loved it. And so I was so hyped for strange new worlds. I was like, so like, I, cause I, you know, original enterprise, Pike, you know, Spock, or, uh, you know, and I just wanted to see these these characters again, and it has, for me, it has completely lived up to, like, exactly what I've wanted from a Star Trek show since Paramount was like, we're gonna make new Star Trek shows. Like, this is this yeah. is what I had kind of been waiting for. Um, just, uh, I agree. Yeah. What, what, um, uh, what do you like best, uh, what do you like best about the show? What, what draws you in the most? So, you know, a couple of things. I um when I first saw the character Pike on Discovery, mm-hmm. I've been a fan of Discovery and I've been, you know, people there have been some criticisms that it's a little too dark, that it's deviated away from what we know and love about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, you know, if you were to look at like the next generation, um and even some of the earlier, I guess TNG movies, that mm-hmm. changed the uniforms. They changed how the uh, Klingons looked. We, this isn't brand new to Star Trek to change how creatures look, nope. to change the uniforms, to change a vibe, to change the style. Like that, I've I always embraced that Star Trek could be several different things. Um, Absolutely, but, yeah. That that's how good franchises survive in, in yeah, some ways. They're yeah. trying to adopt adapt. I'm sorry to this new style of movie where it's really more serial. You know, we've shifted Mm -hmm. away from the villain of the week 
or alien of the week in Star Trek. Um, but mm-hmm. um, so that's I think where a lot of that comes from with Discovery. However, when they introduce the character of Pike, um, who, like you said, is an original character from the original series, he's the captain that mans the Enterprise before Kirk does mm-hmm. um, and has a tragic end. Um when I saw him, I was really excited because I'm actually a pretty big fan of the actor Anson, Anson Mount, Mount who plays him. Awesome, yeah. I I was a fan of the show Hell on Wheels. I yeah, know, like yeah. I feel like almost no one watched that, but I watched it pretty religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked him as an actor. I thought, and and this was kind of back. I feel like when Twitter and Facebook, like actors, were getting more on social media, and he was mm-hmm. a very accessible celebrity because he wasn't really super famous so he was like interacting one-on-one with fans on twitter and Mm -hmm. on facebook and so um in fact they would drive him crazy until he would like have to take these big breaks from social media because social media is awful but um Mm -hmm. he was always so nice on there you almost felt like you were getting to know him um and so i've kind of followed his career felt so bad for him when inhumans happened i was like me too no because you could watch him and be like you're really good the rest of it was like he's a good actor and he seems like a good person so i was like anyways when he got this show or when he got this cameo i was like yay and like there was such a positive response and then they announced that they were going to give him his own spinoff and i was like whoa this is crazy then that kind of died down you know we didn't hear anything for a while and then strange new worlds happened and i'm just right out of the gate i'm like yay this guy that i want good things for is Mm -hmm. gonna be on this ship and then i think what stranger things has done really well because it is truly a return to the spirit of the original series which is a lot more optimistic it is more villain of the week but i think it's like a nice break like it's just a show where i can just have fun and enjoy it and then it's over instead of you know nowadays like everything is bingeable everything is like a commitment and i feel like this show is a show you can just truly like watch an episode and get what's going on and come back later and to another one and you don't have to have that big commitment so i agree yeah and i um my actually i can testify to that because of my wife who you know grew up in the house with her father loving star trek and so like she like (laughs) is like enough aware of of it no i wouldn't say a fan but she's like i tolerate it it's around it's alive you know it's fine it's whatever (laughs) um so i was sitting and watching one of the episodes with t'pring um you know like where she comes aboard the ship and they swap minds and whatever else and oh my gosh yes so yeah so she's so she's watching the show and i am like not enough of a fan to like i the t'pring sounds familiar like i know that she has a relationship with spock i can't remember exactly what it is whatever and so my wife so my wife is like oh that's spock's wife right and i was like is it do they really get married See, she's like yeah they get married and then they get yeah me. she like yeah she like knew just from living in the house that she grew up in, but like she walked in figured out what was going on immediately because everyone's color coded so like you know it's like easy to know who everyone's role is and you're like obviously that's spock like you have a vague memory of pike oh that's a horror that's cool that she's in the show like and then oh scotty's not here yet it's that guy and so, okay cool and then like that and then she was at she was it out Kevin or kyle i can't remember his yeah name, but... um um instead of scotty i don't know I'm really bad with names. Like, really, I'm so it's bad. It's something with like Kevin names. or Kyle, and I just, it sounded funny to me. Even though Scotty's like a regular name, too, but I was just like, Kyle, that's, that's her engineer, Kyle, or whatever it was. But yeah. Yeah, well, because you get other names like 
Ahura and Hemmer and like, you know, yeah. all these things in here. Like, Kyle, you don't belong Kyle. here, Kyle. <laughs> you don't belong. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I, I agree about Anson Mount. Actually, one of the reasons I went back to watch Discovery was because I knew that he and Spock were in season two and I was looking forward to Strange New Worlds. And so I was like, I should watch Discovery first because they're in that season. And he was on screen for maybe 10 seconds. And I was like, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. He's got. He's so good. I love him he's so much. Very good. Yeah. And he's very, very different from Kirk. I think another thing that I like about about this show and about him as a captain is that he's a lot more diplomatic and collaborative. So mm-hmm. in some ways, it's like a return to the old, but it also feels kind of more modern, like a more modern take on leadership. Yes. Because he's not really like, you know, Kirk was like a guns a blazing maverick type. Mm-hmm. And that really yep. worked in the 60s. And they make a good case for it even on the show like that. Oh, my gosh. That season finale was so good. But anyway. Yeah, we will talk about um, the finale specifically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I like that he's so – I feel like he leads by growing others. And I really, really like that. I'm a big fan of this idea about, like, you know, raising up other leaders, which I feel like is Pike's leadership style. And I don't think we've seen – I think Picard's maybe, like, the closest to that. Um, he's Mm -hmm. also kind of like a little bit more at a distance, but, um, but more hands-on than Pike is. And I've just, I've just really liked the way that he interacts with his crew. Um, also there's a lot of women on the bridge, like more women than I think we've ever seen before on the bridge. So that's an interesting thing too. Well, I mean, it's it's not really a fault of the show going back to the 60s, you know, the 60s, it was... It was big for the time, right? You had an Asian pilot. You had a black lady answering the space phone. You know, like, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was as advanced as you a could Russian get. Kid a Russian kid on the ship during the Cold yeah. War. Yeah, it's Right. So crazy, it really but... was pushing the envelope in mm-hmm. certain in certain areas. Um, and so it's nice to see, it's nice to see it not pushing, but just like, being right just as the original series was just was um but it's weird to like see that bridge filled with women and diversity and more diversity and and then to go back and be like look at all those white men (laughs) well one (laughs) thing i noticed is you know in the pilot of the show which i think the pilot still had pike as the captain Yes, the, I yes believe. it did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and his number one was a woman because I think Spock's character was initially envisioned as like a lady, um, and oh. it's kind of weird because in the pilot she's like in love with the captain. It's like they didn't get all the way there, but you see where they were trying mm-hmm. to go. And also, yep. they don't all have dresses on; they had pants. Yes, um, that is, so I really feel yeah. like a lot of those changes were like the studio being like. We need a man in that role. <laughs> we need mm-hmm. women to be in dresses, and you know. So I yeah. think some of the vision kind of got changed just by the studio coming in. Just but, Desi um, Lu being yeah. like, "We can only push you so far because we're taking a yes. chance on this in the first place." So like, you have to you have to meet us somewhere. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's so fine. it's nice that now they kind of are able to do something. You know, have more women on the bridge, have more women wearing pants. Um, yep. Women can wear pants too. Um, it's amazing. So it's kind yeah. of like a really good blend of old and new. And it's just, it's, it's really good. I think I, I love the silliness of it. Um, I saw some people criticizing some episodes of Picard saying like, oh, well, why would this happen? Or logically, why would that? And I'm like, y'all. 
Do you even Star watch Trek Star Trek? Star Trek has some nonsense in yeah. it, okay? Like, oh, like the first season, like, wait, the first season of Star Trek when he's like wearing an eye patch and he's like, "Wow, this is my disguise." I'm like, "That's Star Trek. <laughs> That's just as much Star Trek as, as you know, the finale of Strange New Worlds, right? You know, or First Contact, yeah. Or whatever." Yeah, I saw it's some not criticism hard for sci-fi, the... really. <laughs> no, it's not. No, no, <laughs> it's like. Uh, uh, El dente pasta sci-fi like it's yeah, like kind of soft like but, but kind of hard yeah there's more techno babble than say star wars right and it's sure. definitely a more cleaner more organized more militaristic look to everything mm-hmm. but at the same time it's got some nonsense it and has, we, we yeah. love that for star trek like we it, want exactly. the nonsense oh yeah <laughs> one of my favorite episodes of this season was the fairy tale episode oh that was so cute and it that was really so did, again it felt like such a return to like tng had a bunch of stuff like that like yep. i in one of the d space nine episodes the bad guy was rumple stiltskin i mean that was a bad episode but point is you need some of that like whims- whimsy sometimes it, it, i think it helps like Especially when other episodes cover stuff that's dark, you kind of need a couple silly ones to to fill us or to get us back there. I almost exactly. said filler, but they're not really filler. They're not because they're still character like development, you know. Like, and yeah. so I can't remember the, that doctor's name. Uh, uh, He's the guy from Dune. Um, he is the guy from Dune. Oh, thank you. He's I was a I, Stilgar. Uh, no, Stilgar. No, he is did not play Stilgar. He was. Um, yeah. Gosh, I can't uh, remember that character's name, but he's the guy Jamis. that he fights Jamis. to the death. Jan- Janice, yeah. Yeah. Jamis, yeah. Yeah, he's really... There's more about him in the book, but in the movie, yeah, you only see him for a little bit. But me Dr. and my husband Nipenka. were like, that guy's so familiar. And then we were like, oh, it's the guy from Dune. And I think he was in Black Mirror, too. Um, I'll use my one... We used we, we do this thing where we do a a one lookup thing where you have like you have you whatever you <laughs> like you can't spend time just google searching so like oh i know that's my brain widely yeah go down that rabbit widely hole, but... but i used i used Point mine because is... i had to know his name so i'm in that rabbit hole so dr Mbenga and it was okay. Jamis, and you said he was also in black sales I potentially think he was in black mirror black Mi- yes he was in black mirror not black okay sales. yeah and he just has such a distinctive voice like a very cool voice it's cool and he's very it's handsome. soothing he's very handsome <laughs> yeah, very there's a lot of handsome men yeah. on this show i've got like guy crushes on a bunch of them pike yeah ethan after peck. The show, not necessarily like, spock but here? ethan everyone peck is yeah beautiful. Like, everyone is very beautiful on that on that bridge it's pretty i beg to differ with not necessarily spock um I mean that's for you, but I I love Gregory Peck. So like watching his grandson is just a like. Oh, a I mark. didn't realize that his yeah. dad was Gregory. Pe- what? Yeah, his his grandfather is Gregory Peck. So like, and you can re- if you look at him, you're like you're absolutely related. There's no question. It's pretty wild. That is so bizarre. I need to yeah. to Google that later. But yeah, it, yeah. I love his Spock so much. Me and, too. And I yeah, I think he's very great. I think we've been <laughs> I think we've been blessed with three quality Spocks, and I think one hundred percent. I guess that's uh, that's that's pretty. It's, oh, it's Chief Kyle. I'm looking at the IMDb page right now. Oh, Kyle. It, it okay, I do. Kyle. Okay, so we're right. I thought later I was gonna be. It's gonna be Kevin or some other name. But you know, you were totally right, it was Chief Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. No, there's everybody in the show. I think just like I don't find there's a weak link in the cast. Like every time whoever no, is on great. screen demands my attention, and I just think that is really. That's really lovely, whether it's or Ortega's or Pike or Spock or Nurse Chapel, who I think might be my favorite. She's just 
Nurse Chapel. Doesn't she kind of look like Cara Delevingne a little bit? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I could totally. Yeah, it's almost like um. Oh, not Rose Byrne. Um, my gosh, what's her name? What was Batwoman? What's her uh, um, the first one? You know who to whom I speak. Um. Oh yeah, I can't remember her name. Is Rose something? Yeah. What is her? Yeah, she was a model, right? Like before, and she was on a. I already used my one lookup, so I can't look it up. Okay. I don't, I oh yeah, okay. well, can't anyway. do it. It doesn't matter. So, um, but yeah, she Nurse Chapel is 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 really pretty um, <laughs> and a good character. Yes, that's it. I was going. I think they're everybody's a good character, and I just yeah. and truthfully, I was like, I really got attached to spoilers for Strange New Worlds, which we've actually been very good at. But I'm going to spoil Strange New Worlds now. Um, but okay. I got really attached to Hammer, and so I I. I can't I, believe that he died. Like I I'm was like so upset. Like I almost couldn't accept it. I didn't. I like truly <laughs> didn't accept it until like I watched the Ready Room episode, which I had not done previously. I hadn't watched any Ready Room, and then the and the actor was like, "Yes, they told me that I was going to die when I took the part. Like that, I, I knew that going That's into why? it." And yeah. I was like, "Oh, so you really are dead? Okay, great. Okay, that sucks. I don't know. They could still bring it back somehow. I don't know. I know. I, in my, <laughs> I'll hold out hope for I, the rest of go. my life. In my mind, I know they eventually that whole crew, unless it's original, unless it's a horror or Spock, eventually has to be replaced with but the original series ships. crew. I know. Don't I know they can go that. on different ships. They don't have to die. I know. I know. But <laughs> like, but things like do have oh to God. happen that they like they move yes. on. And and Hammer is Scotty's role. So right because so he's like eventually it eventually has to be Mister Scott. I know, but it's so upsetting. I loved Hammer so much. He was so grumpy, and I love grumpy characters. He, he was, was a curmudgeon, but he, he was, was so but he loving. Was so <laughs> wise and he just loved life even though he didn't feel like he did. Yeah, he was great. He was just <sighs> wonderful. Um yeah, and truthfully he was a real alien character and I thought that was mm-hmm. really refreshing Andorian, to yeah. see. Yeah, I thought that was very refreshing to see on you know, on the Enterprise. And the actor is uh, legally blind in real life, so I thought that was kind of a cool twist. I too. didn't know that. That's awesome. Ugh, yeah, see? yeah. So I thought that was cool because you know we had that character Jordy that Lavar Burton played mm-hmm. beautifully. Yep. But it does beg the question, right? Like, why don't they have more characters that have different uh, disabilities, and why couldn't you hire actors that have those? So I think. That was really cool to do with that Hammer character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, truly, they didn't have to do it that way, but I think it's good that they did because it's, it's kind of cool. And that's not a question that people were asking in 1989. So, like, I can yeah. you know, you forgive <laughs> Jordy. You know, like, it's not a question a lot of people ask now. I mean, a lot of times in movies now, like the characters are you know are played by actors that don't ha- have that necessarily. But I don't say it has to be that way every time. But it's cool to give more parts to people. You know. That is true. There are actors out there that are that that are blind that or that they cannot hear or you know something else. It's like they should have roles too. And so I think Star Trek's a good show to to do that with because it is about a future where everyone's working together with different backgrounds. You know. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk about this finale. Let's talk about the finale. I mean, we we could. There's okay. so much on this show. We you know talking about a whole so season for a short amount of time. So we. It's, it's great. We know it's great. But uh, the, um, instead of going episode by episode or anything like that, let's just talk about the finale because okay. what a finale. 
I was so immensely satisfied. A quality of mercy, uh, a Shakespeare reference, and a Twilight Zone <laughs> reference all in one. The Twilight Zone episode with Leonard Nimoy, by like also so like so good. It's a um, for those listening who didn't watch. It's a um, retelling different orientation, I guess of. Um, oh, now I can't remember the name of the episode. Terror. Um, oh my gosh, original terror. Um, oh my god, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm. This is where you know. It's like I'm good at certain details and not others, but I don't remember the name of the episode. I can't something either. So, yeah, a terror in space, a terror in something. If you, if, with your permission, can I use your lookup to look that up? Go can for we it. Use that. Take cool. it. Cool. Take it away. Uh. It is a balance of terror. That's what it's called. Okay. Um, so, I didn't even realize that, to be honest. It's been a yeah, while so, since I've watched the original series, so I didn't, I didn't yeah. realize that. I didn't know watching it. I went back after. I went back afterward to, or I th- saw, I looked. Oh, I listened to Technological, which is a, a, um, a friend, a friend of ours on the show, um, is oh, a nice. co-host of a Star Trek podcast, and so I listened to that episode, and they were talking about it being, oh, you know, cool. this mirror thing where it's like it's originally Kirk addressing this problem, you know, of the Romul meeting Romulans for the first time, you know, and, you know, instead of it being this cold war, it becomes this very, could become this very open war. And so you get this retelling. What if Pike is captain the enterprise instead? Um, and it is cool to see like they use the same lines. Some of the way, like, like when the camera, wow. when the camera dollies in on Spock and he raises his eyebrow, that is, shot for shot the original series like that's all wow. yeah it's very cool i went back and watched the episode um after uh i finished the finale and it was it's it's worth your time it's 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 very cool um but yeah what a finale just to to see pike's i think everything that he's been working towards or working against lead to this moment and then to really make a huge sacrificial play in the way that great star trek captains do you know, like, oh, for some reason, mostly in the name of Spock. Um, you know, right? You know, <laughs> everyone you know, loves Spock. <laughs> who doesn't love Spock? You like this guy's future is more important than yours, and like to be able, like to hu- like humbly accept that notion. It, it was like it was really a beautiful episode to watch. Well, this is probably the only. This is the only thing like this because. It's just such a cool setup, you know, the fact that he precedes Kirk. And Kirk and Spock go on to have this ripple effect. I think because it's the first show, they end up having this ripple effect in the Star Trek universe Mm -hmm. where they're so incredibly important. It's so important that Kirk is the captain of the Enterprise. And so this kind of leads into that. You know, it's such a good way to kind of eventually phase Pike out because ultimately he's got to give up that chair to Kirk. And if he doesn't, then all these things are going to happen because Kirk and Spock are not in charge, you know? And it's so interesting because it's like all the stuff that I praised um, Pike for, this is the one time that that's the worst way to go. He's extremely diplomatic. Mm -hmm. He always wants to find a solution that doesn't, doesn't involve going in guns blazing and that's the opposite of Kirk. And it just so happens that at this pivotal moment in the timeline, if they don't go with Kirk's tactics, we face a real war, you know? So there, it, it does kind of make a good point about how, like, it's okay to be 
passive and it's okay to be diplomatic, but there are always going to be instances where that's not the right choice. And for whatever reason, that's just not Pike's strong point. Um, And of course they set up in the episode that they tried a bunch of different ways. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, no matter what, if he doesn't die, then, you know, think good things won't happen. And, um, Pike has really been wrestling the whole season with this idea of knowing his mortality. Most people don't know their mortality. Mm -hmm. Some people kind of do, you know, depending on if they're sick or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how does that impact your day-to-day life? And I don't think we've seen a character... I'm going to wait for that to die down. Oh, it doesn't really matter. It's okay. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to edit that out. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I live yeah. near a street, and so there's only... I also I live do, near but, a street. Um, Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's good. like, sometimes it sounds like I'm outside. I'm like, I oh, promise yeah, I'm no. inside. No, the, fi- um, the firehouse is like 30 seconds down the road. Oh, okay. Me, so, yeah. Same. It's, yeah. So, um, I, uh, I think that, uh, you know, seeing a character that's faced with his mortality in the way that Pike is, we've never seen that before, and I think it's a really interesting perspective and then like you said learning that like as important as he is he's not pivotal to the timeline beyond when he's going to die Mm -hmm. and in fact he's detrimental and so the the fact that he has to like humbly accept that and 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 choose to sacrifice himself for the greater good i mean they just set up such a brilliant way of him being like yeah this is what i've got to do yeah it is truly the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few like it is that and but to even like know that spock is there and privy to that information even like then furthers his sacrifice way later in yes. con when he's like the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few like i watched somebody who was very close to me make the same decision and i'm also oh, going I hadn't to even make thought it about that. i thought of it Damn. right now this is in the conversation like, yeah it's it's it, deep it's good <laughs> i mean it's good well I, I watched the ready room for the finale and it's ethan peck getting interviewed and they say you know and will we and said you know like what is how do you feel is your what is your relationship to pike as spock and he's like well, i see it's kind of like he's like you know, kind of like a a father and an uncle and a big brother and like all these things kind of wrapped into Definitely one. Definitely a mentor. Totally, because their moment like you mean a lot to me too. Is there like I love you, man? I love you so much. You know, and that's like as close as they're going to get as you know figures of authority. You know, at work. Yeah, and, it's professional still. Yeah, but, but it's the, like I love you, yeah. man. Like big hug. That's their moment, and so. Like Spock takes a lot of his diplomacy, I think, from watching Pike, you know, the ultimate like one of the ultimate diplomats, because that's what Spock ends up becoming. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. he is the great, you know, the the galaxy's, you know, the great galaxy diplomat. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just great to see all of that without the show like being like, hey, guess what? This is what is happening. You know, like it just lets it. Right. It lets and, it be. And isn't it like the ultimate example of sort of you know your the master takes his pupil as far as he can go and and then he exceeds him you know that's mm-hmm. what happens with kirk but at the same time kirk and spock don't exist without pike i feel like this show is doing a really good job of setting up that he's he's their a big influence on both of them and yep. you know don't we all wish we could go back in time and see somebody get to greatness and that's kind of what pike gets to do now that he knows who kirk goes on to be and how important he is it's like he gets to see him as at his inception when he's like this young hotshot that like mm-hmm. 
again, just kind of pops off too much. He's going to grow into who Kirk becomes and he gets to see him at the beginning. And I don't know, just all of that is so cool to me. Yeah. How did you feel about um, uh, Kirk in the final episode? Um, Paul, Paul Wesley's uh, Kirk. I thought he did a good job, much like when we get different iterations of Spock, I'm starting to see that character is almost like a, like James Bond, right? Like people can have different yep. takes on the same character and embody mm-hmm. that the core of who they are without necessarily duplicating or mimicking a performance. Um, Gregory Peck has done an incredible job at that. And I think this Kirk, I see the parts of him that he's trying to get across. It's a very young Kirk. It's the Kirk before he has the enterprise a little yeah. bit and, and that we see in it, the episode. I think it's even the Kirk that, because it's an alternate future, it's the Kirk that doesn't have the Enterprise, which would also form the kind of person that he is. So if he's on the Farragut, like the type of captain he is, like how he got to the Farragut instead of the Enterprise mm-hmm. is even different. So like we're not really looking at classic Kirk. We're looking at this True. weird alternative Kirk. Um, so he's like, I didn't love him, but I can also look at it and be like, this isn't the Kirk I know because it's not the future I know. Um, and so I'm curious to see what choices this version of Kirk makes in the future. Cause you know that it, because it's, it's not an alternative timeline. If he shows it when he shows up again, you know, he has to kind of fit the mold of, he doesn't have to be Shatner, but he has to be recognizable like in a way that chris pine didn't have to be shatner um that you know Uh he's got a kind of a tougher like feel the head ethan peck still feels like spock still feels like leonard nemo even though he's making his own decisions um it all feels connected and together um and so i await that to happen for this version of kirk i felt like we're seeing a kirk that's very frustrated Mm-hmm. by the restraints that are on him. He's not the Kirk that's gotten to be in the position of authority that he knows he should be in. That's very good. I, I had think, not considered that. Mm. Yeah, and I think, like, because the Enterprise was sort of thrust upon him in the way that uh, Pike passes away, I think he just kind of got handed the reins and he runs with it, and that's where he thrives, and I think this other version of him didn't get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think Pike, that's why Pike's like, you know, he's cocky. He's like popping off. He's like not following procedure. Like he brings up things like that. And yet he recognizes that in a pivotal moment when Kirk starts kind of like, when he's under pressure, he comes up with all these ideas. He's an ideas guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got that personality type. Yep. That's good um, and so that's where he's the best. But I think when you restrain him too much and you try to keep him in a box, he's not going to shine. And I think he comes across a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more negative than he even means to. He's just trying to tell him the whole episode. Like, I just can tell this isn't going to work. And, you know, the way that, that, that Starfleet does things is great, but it's not going to work. And he tries to tell them that the whole episode, they never really listen to him. And I think that's why he gets so angry. And then in the end, they realize he was right. And then it's like too late. So yeah, I that's... think that's why Spock was always his his little, you know, I He's guess. his shoulder compass. angel. Yeah. 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 And so he, yeah. he could help bring him back down to earth. But I think he needs that balance. But without a Spock, 
he's I think just a little bit more. He's aggressive. a loose. He's got loose cannon. Yeah, I, even I even not just Spock. Like he needs bones, um, just mm-hmm. as much as he needs Spock, and he doesn't have that uh, on the fair in this you know alternate reality. That's a really either. good point. Yeah. I mean, I think with Star Trek, it, it is about it's so different from other shows because in a lot of other shows, it's all about the captain. But Star Trek has always been different because it's about the whole crew. Like, the whole crew matters. And they all have very specific parts to play, but it's not just about the captain. Yep, I agree. I, even if it is, like, apart from most of Discovery, it's not the captain's point of view. Like, it is the mm-hmm. captain's POV, but it's not strictly about them, like you said, right? You know, yeah. like, everybody matters. Um, yeah, and uh, I actually really like the show that each episode focuses on a different character. Like it gives, you know, Una or, or, um, Khan, whose name I cannot remember, uh, you know, her first, her first name or, you know, uh, or, or Spock or whatever. It's not just Pike's captain's log. You know, it's not just captain's log. It's everybody's log. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying that very much. Um, on this I don't show. know what other show would elevate like the doctor and the engineer and everybody almost like they're as important as the captain. Exactly. The ensign. I think, again, that's, yeah. that's that's another thing that I like about Star Trek in general is that it's always kind of made de- several different jobs seem just as important. You know, the captain is pausing and referring to that expert and asking them to weigh in in a way that you don't see on a lot of other shows. And um and yeah, so it's about the dream team. You know, it's not just even just about Kirk. It's like if all these people don't come together, then they have a big impact together. Yeah. No one does it alone, I guess. Exactly. You know? Yeah, because Kirk is on a different ship and he is kind of doing it alone. And this is that this is partly the outcome. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah, you need Kirk's enterprise, not just Kirk. And it's, yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, any final thoughts on Stranger Worlds? Anything that you want to like kind of take us take us home with? boldly go um, with i should say <laughs> where should i boldly go um yeah. well i just i just really think that if you're looking for a star trek to kind of segue into like if you've always thought about tiptoeing into this universe it's a good place to start even because i think it's a very fun crowd pleasing show i think a lot of different people could really get into it and maybe it'll open the door for all the other universes and then maybe someday you'll be as nuts as I am and like be obsessed with all of it but um I have really I think the show is it has a lot of heart it's got a great cast and great storylines great writing um and great music and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm in love with it I love it yeah me too I'm totally in love with it and I just uh I love it just it feels like a natural part of what has existed before but it's still blazing a new style at the same time mm-hmm. it's just it's really a remarkable feat uh and i can't wait i can't wait for the second season i'm very excited yeah so me too well um thanks for uh thank you for joining us uh i will um say that you can follow beer with geeks at beer with geeks.com and uh twitter and facebook uh probably not facebook anymore i have no idea um but you can email us at <laughs> gmail um, you can follow me at Timothy Peach 13 on Twitter. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Find us at other places podcasts can be found, pretty much uh, all of the places. And you can um, you can support us at patreon.com slash audio. Lisa, plug yourself. Sure. Um, you can find me at Twitter at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast. And you can find us pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search I Love That Movie. Um, and I look forward to talking with y'all. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a great podcast. I, if you just love positive, good people talking about movies that they love and everyone just having a good time, <laughs> I love that movie. Is good your... people like Tim? Yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been on in a while, but I uh, yeah, it's, yeah, you uh, need to come back. <laughs> I, I would love to come back. I would I would love to come back. So, um, thank you so much for thank you so much for being here. You are welcome back at any time. Uh, thank and you. And so, and uh, until next time, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>